0: Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie.
1: And I'm Jessica.
0: And tonight is episode 21 of Calls on the Coast, and our topic is exploring the world of at-home fermentation. So Jessica, how did we get started with fermentation at the house?
1: That's a good question. I think it was Kombucha.
0: Kombucha is what we got started with?
1: Yeah, because a long time ago we did kombucha.
0: Yeah, I think it was your mom that originally got us start on kombucha because she had done it for a long time and then had quit, but she would still go and buy kombucha and drink Mm -hmm. it from the store, and I got interested in it. And I I remember going and getting a a GT's brand kombucha, like the Green Goddess or whatever it was. It had like um, spirulina seaweed in it or something crazy. And I drank it on the way to h- back home from school. And I left the bottle in the hallway because Dad was collecting bottles. And it grew a little um, kombucha baby. That's Kobe. And then Dad took that and made all of his kombuchas out of that. Like That was where he got his start for making kombuchas. From that one drink. Even though that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, so now we do... Well, we did kombucha for a while, and then we quit because that's just something that's hard to. It's it's fun to do, but it's difficult to maintain long term. I mean, you can, but you
1: have to drink a lot. Of yeah, kombucha. you
0: got to drink it or either waste it. But so there, there's two aspects of this fermentation that we're going to talk about tonight. One is lacto fermenting foods, mm-hmm. and the other is um, the kombuchas and and drinks like that. This isn't a winemaking class, though.
1: No,
0: Not the same kind of fermentation. Um, so this whole idea of fermentation is basically you've got a, a food in a saltwater brine and good bacteria grows and creates lactic acid which helps preserve the food and gives it a nice taste. And that's what's called lacto-fermentation. Um, and the way the the whole reason it's a big deal or it's even a, a thing is back in the day when you had a crop of let's say cabbage or cucumbers or any vegetable that was perishable mm-hmm. right you didn't have a way of keeping it either you cooked it or you froze it well you couldn't freeze it yeah you know you, you had to store it but you it only keep for a week or so before it went bad right so if you would if you brined it you could pickle it and then save it for later. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you could have your cucumbers throughout the year and eat it whenever you wanted to rather than um, letting them go to waste. And what's different is that, I mean, tomatoes you can can Mm -hmm. because they're full of acid. Squash you can can because they have a sweet kind of texture to them. But cucumbers, you can't can cucumbers. No. I mean, you probably could. Or cabbage. You know, it's... You, this lacto fermentation is kind of for all those vegetables that you wouldn't normally can
1: and or a different way to save them well yeah it's a, it, you can retain some of the crispiness of some of the things rather than yeah I mean you could it dehydrate much.
0: it too and people would hang up green beans and stuff and dehydrate them
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um, but this was an easy thing to do because all you had to have was a jar salt water and vegetables that was it mm-hmm And then you, if you wanted to, after it sat in the, you know, the dark for a few weeks and kind of fermented and got that good taste to it, you could take it and water bath it because there's enough acid in it now. You basically just kill off the active bacteria so it's not continuing to grow and create gas. Mm -hmm. And then you could save it for even longer. Yeah. It's like a full, like a fresh jar of pickles from the store almost at that point. But... So what's the what are some of the advantages of doing this at home rather than buying it yourself?
1: Yeah, cuz you can buy some, right? I mean, yeah, cuz
0: bubbies that's fermented.
1: Yeah. And those are tasty. So if anybody ever wanted to taste what a lacto fermented pickle tastes like, you can go to the store and buy bubbies pickles. But it in order what's nice about doing it at home yourself is that you know where the food comes from. If it comes from your garden, you know exactly how it was raised. If it comes from the farmer's market, you know it was grown locally. And then you're able to make a tasty food in your own kitchen. And um, you can make pickles without the vinegar or the sugar, which is a bigger deal to some people than others. Um, I personally don't love super vinegary pickles, so I love the lacto-fermented pickles. Although, I will be honest, we haven't actually done our own pickles yet. We haven't ever had enough cucumbers to be able to do that. I have cheated and I have taken a Bubby's can of pickle juice and thrown my own cucumbers in the (laughs) brine and left them so they can soak up all that good probiotic goodness and that tastes delicious. But I haven't actually done my own pickles. It is on my list of things I want to do though.
0: Well, it's the same idea for sauerkraut too because if you buy that from the store in a can, it's usually in a vinegar solution.
1: Yes. And I can't stand store-bought sauerkraut. I, I really don't it, like it It's a at completely
0: all. different flavor.
1: Um, but, yeah, so your ingredients for your homemade things, it there'll be fewer ingredients. Or you can add more ingredients in order for the taste to be there that you want it to be. I know whenever I make my own sauerkraut, we've kind of started experimenting adding a little bit more to it in order to create a different flavor profile for that sauerkraut. And mm-hmm. it's... Actually, a lot nicer, especially if you're going to put it on some type of bratwurst or hot dog or something like that.
0: Yeah, put caraway seeds in your sauerkraut, and then you've got a nice, like, rye bread taste to it. Mm-hmm. Make like a good... Um,
1: and it just makes you proud hot, to make your own. Good
0: topping, yeah.
1: It, it makes you really proud. And if it messes up, it's not a huge deal. Like, people are like, oh, no, if you use too much salt, it's just you can't get rid of the salt. Throw it in some soup. That's what we did the first time we tried to make sauerkraut. We actually, first of all, did not let it sit long enough. I think that was our main problem. And we were using store-bought cabbage. That's a little bit harder to use. Um, and I think I have some ideas to help make it better if you are going to use store-bought vegetables. But um, with that, it just ended up being very salty cabbage when we put it in the fridge and we quit brining it or whatnot. So we just threw that in soup Made our soup for the week, our leftover soup for the week, and it was delicious. It was great, and we didn't go to waste. So there are ways to actually continue to use it if if it's yeah. not exactly what you want it to be. And you the, don't have to just throw it out.
0: And the benefits of it is that you get a lot of probiotics in these foods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the lactobacillus, that that's a probiotic that everybody needs, and these foods are full of it. And then it doesn't cost a whole lot either because... You know, a few vegetables and some salt and some water don't cost a lot. The, the main thing that's going to cost the most is getting started and getting the equipment that you need.
1: Which, you don't have to have anything special. Well, you no, can you can do it just with some rocks, some clean rocks, and your vegetables, and a jar. So the jar is the biggest
0: yeah. thing. And, I mean, if you have a pickle jar, that'll work, I guess. It's yeah. just you're not going to be able to the tops on those tend to rust. It's part of the the bad thing about it. But like it um I mean yeah, you can do it very minimally or you can actually go out and buy like fermentation weights. Yeah. Or wide mouth mason. See that that's the other thing is that usually the pickle jars have a smaller mouth. Yeah. On some of them than like the wide mouth mason jars. And when you're trying to pack food into it, it's more difficult, especially if you don't have a tamper. Because then you're trying to push it in there with your hands. and yeah. But the important thing is to have like a weight to hold it down. Hold the food underneath the brine so it doesn't come out and get o- exposed to oxygen and turn mm-hmm. bad. And then to have fermentation lids or at least have some way to allow the gas to escape. Because as it ferments, the bacteria put off carbon dioxide. And if it's sealed tight, it'll make the thing burst. Or it'll overflow, cause we've had that happen a couple times too. We have too. had that. Um,
1: I usually keep something underneath, some type of tray or plate or something. Yeah,
0: just to make sure it doesn't do that. Although with our new, um, like the, the mason tops,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the pickled pipes, they don't tend to do that as much.
1: No, they were they've been great. I, it did seep through. I think the wasn't the kimchi. I think it was the sauerkraut that it did. It was so bubbly, it did seep out of the top a little bit, and it kind of made my, my ring a little bit rusty. Um, but that was just on one of the really overactive jars. So, should we go ahead and explain how you do it? Or Oh, that's later. Okay.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. Um.
1: Oh, if you're going to do different vegetables, because you don't just have to do sauerkraut and kimchi and these type things... You can do other vegetables, like bigger vegetables, too. They do make special fermentation pots. I don't have one of those. I kind of want one, but they're special. Yeah, I don't those know. are
0: perpetual fermentation, too.
1: Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. It's just on my list of things to look into and that I just kind of want because they look really cool. <laughs> All
0: right, so a few safety things to think about before you start doing fermentation is you always want to wash your hands and clean your equipment off before you start doing it. And this isn't a process that is completely bacteria free. No,
1: because you're actually introducing bacteria to it.
0: So, I mean you want to be safe and you want to make sure that everything's clean but nothing has to be super sterile. You just don't want to have like a bad batch, right? Of sauerkraut that had black mold on it. You don't want to take and use that jar without sterilizing it. You know? just plain washing it off's not necessarily going to get rid of all the spores that's in the jar. So You, if you mean
1: the jar before you do anything with it? Yeah. Okay. Or I mean,
0: no, no. If you've had a bad batch, oh. and you had black mold in it, and you're trying to reuse that jar, you want to make sure that you've sterilized that jar before you use it. Yeah. In case you, any spores are still alive in the jar. I, I guess. But, I mean... I've
1: never had that problem.
0: For the most part, you don't have to do a whole lot. But if you're worried about it, you can sterilize your jars for like 10 minutes in a... Either a hot water bath or a steam canner and just kind of get them hot and nice and sterilized. And then make sure that you wash your vegetables before you cut them.
1: But don't soap them.
0: No, don't you soap.
1: You just rinse them off. This may be more important if you're buying a store-bought vegetable than if you're just bringing it in from your garden. But you're actually, you don't want to overwash them because you need the natural bacteria on them. So you might, you don't really necessarily want to have dirt in it, but you just want to wash it off. So that's the weird thing.
0: And then remember to use a high quality sea salt when you make your brine. You don't want iodized salt because that's, it's not good for doing fermentation. Yep. Um, all right. So a couple of things, a couple of different foods that you could try is sauerkraut.
1: That's probably the easiest to start with.
0: And it's really easy. Um, mm-hmm. kimchi, which is basically sauerkraut.
1: With some carrots and some type of sweetener.
0: And some, a little bit of garlic. Mm-hmm. And some ginger. hmm And then pickles. Just plain cucumber pickles. Um, and, and, you know, each one of these, although they're the same process to make, basically, they're all going to taste different. The kimchi is going to have a ginger kind of Asian taste to it. The sauerkraut has got that good, you know, German Uh, polka Mm kind of feel to it. Put some caraway seeds in it. You can get more of that that Irish Reuben sandwich sort of feel. And then the pickles, you can dress them up however you want. Put some garlic in them. Mm -hmm. Put some habanero peppers in them. Mm -hmm. You know, flavor them however you want to. And then you end up with something completely unique and delicious.
1: You can also just do peppers. You can do green beans. You can do okra okra you can do meat somehow too i don't know a whole lot about that though that's called making
0: corned beef that's what corned beef is basically is Just just salted salted fermented beef
1: i just know that there are some very popular brands of beef sticks out there and that's one of the things they say is that they naturally ferment their meat they make a big deal out of it so i didn't know if it was something special that they did but
0: i don't know we'll have to look at that see all right so how do we ferment We've talked about fermentation. We've almost talked about how to do it, but how do we actually do it?
1: Well, just explain the process of like sauerkraut.
0: Yeah, that's easy enough.
1: Sauerkraut's real easy. So you take a head of cabbage, you shred it. Easiest to do in a processor, but you can grate it in like with the cheese grater or whatnot. You put it in a large bowl. You take your salt, I believe, is it two teaspoons of sea salt?
0: tablespoon per pound or something like
1: that. I don't remember. I tend to use more than some, but I really just go off of... I don't know. You can look up a recipe. I have a fermentation book that I'm using mostly now and I'm just kind of adding things as flavor profiles outside of what it says to do. Just for extra. Um, But then you just basically get your hands and you massage that salt all through it till the brine starts coming out. Because cabbage will naturally caught will like sweat right because it's got moisture in the cabbage yeah and so it creates that brine in and of itself and once you have a lot of that in there then you can pack it down into a mason jar one cabbage if i remember everything correctly one cabbage will go into a it's a quart right yeah yeah quart size mason jar if you want to do two heads of cabbage you can do a half gallon jar of sauerkraut And then you can use, like we talked about, there are special um, fermentation lids and things you can use if you want to. If you don't want to go that route, um, you take you always save, I didn't say that first, but you always save a big leaf off the top of your cabbage. There's two reasons for this. I'll tell you in a minute. But you take that big leaf, you cut a a round thing the size of the top of your jar because you want to push that leaf down over the top of all of your shredded stuff right down into the brine and then you're gonna take some sort of weight or spring, something to push that leaf down so the brine comes up above everything. What happens is if your sauerkraut gets above your brine, it will mold and we've had that problem happen before. If you're not careful enough to get enough brine in there and it just takes the massaging, that's all it is. It's really not complicated, it's just doing it till it gets done. But you put that weight on there, And you put your lid on or you can put cheesecloth over the top of it with your little ring and stick it somewhere that's not super hot. Some people talk about how you shouldn't do it in the summer in a hot location. I didn't really have a problem. I just put it in a cabinet that's kind of low. I don't put it in like an upper cabinet in the summer. I put it in a lower cabinet in the summer. And you leave it alone until it starts looking opaque for sauerkraut. That's easier because you see the the color start kind of going away and it'll become more opaque you can taste it with a clean fork and then if it's not done just push everything back down and you put it back in and you if you say i don't know how if it's done if it's done or not if it's not done it'll just taste like very salty cabbage if it it'll be done when it starts to get like i think of like a tingly taste to it yeah
0: it's got that acid kind of taste to it
1: yeah And it's slightly carbonated almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like carbonated, kind of bubbly. It's really fun to watch though, because you open the cabinet up and you'll see the bubbles coming up and things. And I've I've shown that in some of our Instagram reels or whatnot. Um, If you're doing this with store-bought cabbage, we have done that. Some people say it's not good to do that because you don't have as much of the natural bacillus and stuff on top of it. And it's not as fresh. So it doesn't work as good. It will still work. If you do have, I've heard that if you have muscadine vines or grape leaves, you can take that leaf and put it on top of there to kind of help jumpstart it. I've used a little bit of Bubby's pickle brine before and thrown that in there to help jumpstart it as well. And that also gives you a little extra flavor. Um, Those are two really good ways to get it jumpstarted and kind of get it done a little bit faster. My first, the first things I was working off of to do my sauerkraut said two weeks for sauerkraut but after getting my book it said a month and we've gone more towards the month mark and it makes much better sauerkraut like way way better and the salty flavor goes way down if you let it go long enough so that's the sauerkraut and like I said you can always explore different options you can put garlic into it you can put the caraway seeds you can make kimchi, which is going to be like a honey or a sugar. And then, I mean, we already explained kind of the flavor profiles of that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really not bad at all. It's pretty easy.
0: Now, the other aspect of it is the um, the fermented drinks.
1: Oh, wait, before we get into that, why would you want to eat it, though?
0: We already talked or about Or
1: how would you eat it?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um I don't know. Eat it on a hot dog.
1: You can eat them on a hot dog.
0: So, one of the things that we talked about, or when we started looking at sauerkraut and making it, you said, you told me, yeah, some people put it on their pizza. And I'm like, why would they put it on pizza? That defeats all purpose. I didn't think about the fact that they put it on the pizza after the pizza's cooked.
1: Oh, you thought... Like, I thought they put before. it on
0: a topping and then cooked the pizza.
1: Oh, no. That would defeat the purpose if you did it before. But it
0: is good as a pizza topping. It is. It's really I mean, good. if you like ranch on your pizza, that salty kind of mm-hmm. taste... It's just as good.
1: It is. I've, bla- I mean, not everybody eats nitrate-full brats and hot dogs and things like that. It is good with those things. But the pizza's great. Hamburgers are really good with yeah. some sauerkraut on it. And also um, salads. You can put it on salads. You can put it on soups, like I said. What was it that I did the other day? I did some type of goulash. Oh, it was potatoes. And, like, hamburger meat and sauerkraut. I just threw the sauerkraut in the pan after I had finished warming everything else up just to warm it up just a little bit. And um, then started all up and ate it that way. It was really good that way, too. So, and those are ways to get you good probiotics. Again, if you're growing it yourself, it makes it even better because you've got even more nutrients. You do it as quickly as you can. But, like I said, you can do it with store butt, too. Don't get too... Into it to think you have to do everything. But sorry. I, I, that was no, that was a good point because
0: I, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, all right, so fermented beverages. So this is mainly just kombucha. You can do kefir, water kefir. Mm-hmm. Um, but kombucha is the easier to do and it's not quite as odd because, I mean, kefir is basically um, liquid yogurt, it's thin yogurt that you're mm-hmm. drinking, and not a whole lot of people. Like that. I um,
1: did when I was pregnant, though. That but, so,
0: kombucha is pretty simple. You need a jar, a rubber band, and a paper towel to mm-hmm. cover the jar after you've filled it with black tea that's got, uh, like, sugar in it. Or green tea. Or green tea. And, preferably, either a SCOBY, like a... Alright, I'll explain that in a second. Either a pre-packaged kombucha starter kit... Or you go get you a good, high-quality kombucha from the store and pour that into your cooled um, sweet tea in your jar and then cover it with a paper towel and rubber band.
1: Or a piece of a friend's scoby.
0: Or a piece of a friend's scoby. But that's basically it. And then it sits there for two or three weeks and gets more and more fermenty and acid-tasting and basically becomes like a vinegar soda.
1: Do you have to? So, like, oh, we didn't even talk about sourdough.
0: But is it
1: like sourdough, where like you have to add to, take away some, and add to it?
0: Uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. So first, let's talk about what the scoby is. Okay. The scoby is what does the um, the fermentation. It's actually like this jelly mass of, um, it's what's called a a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast is what it is, and it's like this floating jellyfish thing in your (laughs) jar. But that's what does all of the work, and when you're adding tea to it, all the sugar—that's what's feeding that scoby. Um, but all right, so you asked if it's like sourdough. Usually, what you do is you'll make a, a like a half gallon of kombucha, then you'll put the scoby away with a quarter cup of the the juice or the kombucha, take and put and bottle that kombucha that you just made. And then make a new batch, with your, you know, old scoby. Mm-hmm. So you're not really, it. Yeah, I guess it is. But the, the thing that you're retaining is the scoby itself. You're not retaining a whole little chunk of sourdough. Mm-hmm. The only reason you keep that little bit of the kombucha is to make sure the scoby doesn't dry out while you're getting okay. the rest of it ready.
1: So you don't have to keep very much at all.
0: Mm-mm. So you just keep like a quarter cup, so that it's sitting in something nice and moist. Mm-hmm. But it, you know kombucha that's a it's a it is a unique taste it is and you can make you can
1: it can be very very tart
0: you can bottle the stuff and add a little bit more sugar and all sorts of flavorings and create some crazy carbonated sodas or you can just drink it straight and have like just vinegar soda yeah i mean if you like to drink pickle juice kombucha is kind of or along the same lines
1: a little more sweet
0: it's well, kind of not Ill, if you depending. cook it like I do. <laughs> I cook it long and hard and so it's
1: yours is a lot more like apple cider vinegar. <laughs> yeah. And the benefits of that.
0: But it's 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 tasty. Sometimes you know, a hot summer day, nice full glass of ice with kombucha poured over the top of it is nice and good. But
1: there will be some doctors. That preach fermentation being good for you that still don't like kombucha and I think the fact is because people add so much extra sugar because you have to have sugar yeah, to be that's able to true. do it, but um, the ones that side more on like the keto side or ketovore side, they a lot of times will tell you that kombucha is not good and again I think it's because of that extra sugar and the juices that people tend to add to it to make it taste sweeter and better.
0: Yeah, because you don't you don't have to do that either. Um, but yeah, and then there's sourdough. That's another fermented mm-hmm. food, which
1: it's That's not... That's gaining popularity. But the, the sourdough that you buy at the store is not going to be the same sourdough that you would make at home.
0: Uh, and it's difficult. I mean, you got to have at least enough knowledge to understand, like, flour and gluten and all right. that stuff to make a good sourdough. And we haven't quite...
1: I have not mastered it at Got all. that
0: down. Although we've gotten better with keeping our... Uh, Keeping our sourdough alive.
1: And healthy-ish.
0: Um.
1: So you, you, have, you can do a whole podcast series on sourdough bread and sourdough making, but the gist of it is that it is a flour product a, a, that you let ferment inside of its bacteria in order to create the yeast that would help it to rise. Mm-hmm. That's just the very simple nature of sourdough. It, it's kind of complicated to do long fermented sourdough without adding extra yeast to it. But if you wanted to get started, you could add yeast to make it a more simple process. And you can find so much information, littlespoons.com, um, homegrown education. There's a plethora of different blog bloggers and things that you can find all kinds of information about that. So we're not going to get into that too much.
0: And then uh, you could also think about like dairy stuff we talked about kefir but yogurt is actually a fermented mm-hmm. food. Yep. So is sour cream,
1: mm-hmm.
0: cottage cheese, mm-hmm. cheese. Like there's all sorts of different things that you could go from here and find and make and do, you know.
1: And some of those are really easy.
0: Yeah, some of them. If
1: if you do raw milk, I'm really ashamed that one time I threw out raw milk just cuz it was old because I could have totally done something with it. If you have old cream, just leave it out on the counter for 12-ish hours, and you've got sour cream. If you want to make it thicker, you can add the gelatin to it before you do that, and you can make it thicker. Or if you like xanthan gum and stuff like that, you can add that to it to thicken it up. Um, like, that's a really easy one. Did you enjoy the taste of the sour cream I made?
0: I could never tell that it was actually sour cream. Because <laughs> we, we always mixed it with, like, tacos and whatnot. So, it, I mean, it didn't taste bad. So...
1: yeah. I think it just added just a hint of like a, of that, what is that tart, that taste, that taste that the lacto-fermentation adds just yeah. a little bit to that it. The sour, the sour yeah. taste. The sour taste. <laughs> but it's different than like a sour cream taste because you it's not the thick yeah, stuff. That's I, like... did, I didn't make a thick sour cream. I just made just the soured cream. <laughs> that yeah. was all it was. Very thin.
0: All right. Well, there I am yawning again. Um, I guess that's it. That's a good little overview of some nice fermented stuff. And, you know, um, we'll throw some links into the description about
1: our lids that we have Yep, with our our links.
0: There's some other ones too. We'll, we'll add those. Um, yeah. So hope you enjoyed listening. Hope you have a chance to go try some lacto fermented stuff, make you some kombucha or some pickles or sauerkraut. Tell us how it went. Um, If you like what you hear hear, here, here, (laughs) here. If you like what you hear, remember that you can support us by um, visiting any links that we post to Amazon as we are Amazon affiliates. And any purchase that you make through our links, whether it be the item that you clicked on or if it's something else that you found later on, that will help us immensely. Um, You can also buy us a coffee, You can find that information at our website, www.kolesonthecoast.com. There's a widget in the bottom right corner of the screen. If you click it, you can donate a coffee. They're $5 a piece. You can donate as many as you want. Or you can go to the Buy Me A Coffee profile page and support a wish list item, which I think the only one we have on there still is the computer. Um, you can also visit Charlie's Small Engines. Uh, it's a mobile small engine repair shop. And I'll come out, see what you need. We'll get you scheduled up, and then we'll get you repaired and fixed. And then Jessica, you can contact her for violin and piano lessons. Um, but you got to get in now because she's almost completely booked for the year. And the summer's not even over yet. So, anyway. We appreciate y'all listening. Until next time, have a good week.